I'm just going to pray for a little second as we move on in the service. Um, let's, so let's just bow our heads for a wee second and pray. Father, we thank you for your blessings that you shower upon us. Father, your word tells us that they're new every morning. And Father, every morning, we can say that they're new every morning. And we just thank you, Father, for those things which you pour out upon us. Father, so many things which we just take for granted that they'll be there. But Father, we just thank you. We thank you for health today that brings us here. And so, Lord, we pray that as we turn to your word that you would open up our minds. We pray for those who can't be with us today for whatever reason. And, Lord, we ask that you would strengthen them. Father, particularly those who are not well. And, Father, we ask that you would come and that you would minister to them where they are today as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So I trust that you've brought your Bible with you. Uh, You can use a paper version, an iPad version, a phone version... I also trust that you've brought your notepad with you because uh, we might need to take some notes as well as we're going along. Um, Nice to have Stephanie back with us. She's working down south, so nice to see you, Stephanie. Welcome. And we'll not embarrass anybody else. Um, Other than you, Stephanie. I've kind of been wrestling with where to go this week and I've come to the conclusion that this is what God wants me to speak about. And the title at the top of my page isn't clever, it's just simply healing. 5th of March 2017. And healing is an evocative, it's an interesting subject and it's a broad subject. It's quite interesting when we think about our own bodies. They're designed to self-heal in many, in many ways. You know, when we cut ourselves, our blood coagulates or it should and stops the bleeding and then eventually it heals over. You know, when people who are really stupid and climb up ladders and fall off of them and break things when they fall off, right? Those things which break heal up again. It takes time, but it heals up again. And so we're designed with this incredible ability to self-heal. Our minds are maybe a little bit more complicated. Although I believe that we can experience healing in our minds as well. The Bible talks about being transformed through the renewing of our minds. And I'm not a psychologist or a doctor, but I think the way that we think our minds can affect our physical health as well, our bodies. The Bible does say that as a man thinks, so is the man. And I believe too that our spirits can be healed. But again, it's not always as straightforward to know even what's wrong. You know, a doctor can look at our bodies and make a diagnosis and administer medication. A psychologist can look into what's going on inside of our heads and make a diagnosis and help us to get through that. But only the Holy Spirit can come and heal us spiritually. And the question that I asked at the start of my preparation was, should we pray for healing? And really that's the essential question of this message. Should we pray for healing? That's the big question. We could maybe ask the question, does God heal today? We could maybe ask the question, is God willing to heal today? 
And my question is, should we ask God for healing? Should we pray to God and ask him to heal us? I think as I read scripture, I read about a God who is a God who heals. The Bible is full of stories of a God who heals. And going back into one of the prophetic books in the Old Testament, written by a man called Isaiah, and he points powerfully to the coming of the Jewish Messiah. His name was Jesus. He's also our Messiah. He's our Savior. And chapter 53 is a very powerful chapter and gives us an insight into the life and work of Jesus. And I want us to read Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. That's the one that I'm going to start off with today. We're going to go through a few scriptures. So Isaiah 53, verse 4 says this. Remember the question is, should we pray for healing? Should we pray for healing? And it says this, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. You know, we looked at Jesus, and we look back with the eyes of history, and we look at what was happening. Those people at the time looked upon what was happening to Jesus, and they thought that God was punishing him. But this is what it says. It says, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. And it's quite interesting as we look at this first word, uh, this first expression, took up. And it really means to lift off. It's a word that's only used twice in the Old Testament. And it's used in the perfect tense, which signifies that the action is completed. He comes and he lifts off. I need to be volunteer. Somebody want to come and volunteer? Up here. Josh, there you come. That's what you get for trying to hide. There you come, Josh. And to demonstrate what we're talking about, I just thought I'd use a simple little illustration that hopefully sticks in our minds. Josh, Mm -hmm. are you okay? Don't panic. (laughs) So, really, what we're talking about is the stuff that comes into our lives, and it can be physical stuff, it can be emotional stuff, but it can also be spiritual stuff. And we begin to carry that stuff around. And it can become something that is part of us. You know, most people, if they see me going around with my parachute, um, they'll know that it's me, but that wee bump in my back. But I think the, the, the danger is that we get to a place where God is saying that he comes to take things off of us, but we're happy to keep things on. Thank you very much. I'm happy with where I'm at. Thank you very much. Whether it's a physical thing or an emotional thing or a spiritual thing. We might recognize as a problem, but I'm quite happy with my problem. I'm happy living with my problem. I'm happy coping with my problem. But what God says through Isaiah here about Jesus is that Jesus has come to take off our infirmities. Now, stand there for a wee second longer, Josh, because infirmities actually means sickness and disease. And so Jesus has come not only to deal with our sin, but to deal with sickness and disease. And it says that he carried 
these things from us. He carried our sorrows. And so what Jesus does, and there's more to this passage, but get this idea that what Jesus does is he comes and he lifts it off. Does that feel better? No? It's fine? He lifts it off and he carries it himself. And if we read Isaiah 53, it's about what he has accomplished for us on the cross. Thank you, Josh. You can go and sit down. He's come and he's lifted these things off of us. He's lifted infirmities. He's also lifted sorrows. You know, one commentator said about this passage, the most important context in which this root occurs, this word carried, he has come and carried our infirmities, our sickness and disease. The most important occurrence is in Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 11. And here, the coming servant, the Messiah, lifts up and takes upon himself man's sickness and bears the weight of his wearisome sorrows. These are incredible words. And I just kind of think about what Jesus has accomplished for us. He's come to lift those things off of us and to take them upon himself. But we can maybe argue, well, surely it's talking about our sin. Surely that's what it's talking about in this passage. Well, let's turn to Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. Because I heard somebody talking uh, a while back or I read something about how we believe as an Assemblies of God church that healing uh, can be achieved through the atonement, in other words, Jesus' sacrifice. And this person was saying that's a load of rubbish. And, you know, when people say that's a load of rubbish, it makes me think, makes me go away and look up for myself in research. And I came across this passage. When Jesus came into Peter's house, Peter the disciple, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in a bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. And when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed the sick. And this is what Matthew goes on to say. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Incredible. He's talking about in the context of dealing with the whole person, whether it's been a spiritual trouble or a physical trouble. And I'm quite sure that it would include emotional troubles as well. He's talking about the whole person. Matthew here is quoting Isaiah 53 in relation to the work of Jesus who was, was the Messiah, which includes healing. And we understand that Matthew's writing to a Jewish audience, and he points out how Scripture has been fulfilled in Jesus the Messiah. So the people that he's speaking to know the Scriptures. They will have read Isaiah, and they will have seen that fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. And so what Matthew is doing is he's joining the dots for the reader, which includes us 2,000 years later. There's an element to the text which is evidence. But most importantly, we need to realize the fact that Jesus is able to lift both sickness and sin from us. Very interesting um, aside, 
I, I really don't have time for the slides, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, the, when we were talking last week about being connected, about getting plugged into Jesus, right? Remember we had the illustration of the lamp for those who were here. We don't need to do anything to earn that connectedness with Jesus. We don't need to work for that. Because we read that it's by grace we've been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. And perhaps in the very same manner that the healing which we desire sometimes is not something that we need to work for or beg for, but just to come in faith and ask God and expect to receive it. The Bible's full of this type of thinking about the forgiveness of sins, but also the healing of diseases. Psalm 103 is one of my favorites. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and everything that is within me. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. In other words, he's bought us back at a price and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Verse 3 clearly defines the work of Jesus in our lives, that forgiving work, but also that healing work. When you look at the, the original text here, it talks about, uh, it really just does talk about physical healing, who, for, who heals all your diseases. It is very specifically referring to physical healing. You know, this, the question we're starting off with here is, can we ask God to heal us? Can we ask God and expect God to come and heal us? I think the scriptures are beginning to paint a picture. And I think God's ultimate purpose for us as his saints, we read in Revelation. This hasn't happened yet, but this is what the Bible tells us is going to happen. In Revelation 21, verses 3 to 4, we read this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with man, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. That has always been God's plan right from the start. Adam and Eve had fellowship with God, unbroken fellowship. Jesus came that we might have fellowship with God again, that we might get connected into that power source. And then listen to this, verse 4. It says that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. That's God's plan for his people is that we experience this place of incredible peace, a, a place of love, a place of healing and wholeness. And that's what he describes heaven as being like. But we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where things go wrong. We live in a world where people sin and do things against each other. But Jesus tells us not to lose heart. He says, you're going to have trouble in the world, but don't lose heart because I have overcome the world. But then Jesus encourages his disciples to pray this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And 
the job of the church is to pray that this kingdom, which he's talking about here, comes to earth, that we experience his kingdom. You know, the world experienced that kingdom through Jesus. Jesus preached about the kingdom all the time, but he also went about doing good and healing the sick. And so Jesus was a man who was known for doing miraculous things. And we read this. It's interesting. It's in Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 to 6. Imagine those moments in your life where you think nothing can get any worse. Have you ever been in that place where you think, it can't get any worse than this? This is desperate. If God doesn't come and do something here, then I am stuffed. And there was a man in the Bible called John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was perhaps at that low place. He was in prison, and there was no hope of getting out. And it says in Matthew 11, 2 to 6, when John heard in prison that, that uh, what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? I wonder how possible it is for us to ask that question when we're at our lowest ebb, when we're in our darkest place. Are you the one who was to come? Is Is this Jesus really who he says he is? Or should we expect someone else? I don't know about you. I don't know who else to expect. I'm not waiting on anybody else. And it always struck me as a strange question. Perhaps though, if we put ourselves in John's place, we may begin to understand why I asked that. And it's interesting to hear Jesus' reply, verse 4. This is what he says, Go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Jesus' ministry is marked not only by what he said, but it's illustrated, demonstrated by what he did in the lives of the people who were around him. This good news was a good news for the whole person, not just the spiritual person. So, can we come and can we ask God to heal us? We've thought about what the Bible says, just a few verses. We've thought about Jesus' ministry And we could say, well, that was okay for Jesus. Maybe it's not okay for us. Maybe we're not convinced yet. Maybe we're quite happy having all our stuff on us, whether it's a physical thing, an emotional thing, or a spiritual thing. Jesus wants to come and lift that off. We might say, well, it was okay for Jesus because he was Jesus. He was the Son of God. But then we read about the disciples. Because it wasn't just Jesus that was doing these things. The disciples were doing these things as well. 
Jesus gave his disciples instructions. He gave them authority to go out and to heal and to cast out demons. And they came back reporting success. Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 to 8. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles, which would have been us, or enter the town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you preach this message... uh, uh, Sorry, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Wonderful. Freely you have received, freely give. In the same way that we come to God in faith and we ask him for forgiveness, we can come to God in faith and say, I've done nothing to deserve this. But I pray that you would heal me. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. But we could say, well, that was okay for Jesus. And it was kind of okay for the disciples because they spent three years with Jesus and saw all these wonderful things. And man, wouldn't it have been great to have been a disciple back then? But maybe it's not for today. But then we go on and read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which talks about gifts to another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. Was that just for the church back then? Or do you think that God is still doing things like that in the world today? I think the evidence is that God is still doing these things in the world today. He's still healing people. He's still transforming people. He's still saving people. It's still good news for people. And people are coming from lives that are wrecked into standing on a sure foundation. Well, it was okay for Jesus. And it was okay for the disciples. And I think what this is telling us that gifts of spirit came into the early church. So what about us? Can we still do that? Can we still expect God to come with gifts of healing. I think we can. And James talks about it in his book. It's a very, very practical book, the book of James. Very practical wisdom. And in chapter 5, verse 13 to 20, he talks about the prayer of faith. Listen to what he says. And this is talking to us 2,000 years later. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the same, uh, sorry, in the name of the Lord. I need my other glasses on, I think. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And then he goes on to talk about this man in the Bible who saw incredible things happen. Elijah. He says he was a man just like us. The people that we read about in Scripture were men and women just like us. They had the same doubts, the same fears, the same challenges, different time, different generation, didn't have maybe the technology that we have. Maybe that's a good thing. Sorry, it sounds like a Luddite. Technology is a great thing when it's used well. But just like everything, the devil corrupts it. 
Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced crops. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. This was the practice in the early church. And the oil, well, I've got a little bottle of oil that we use when we anoint people with oil to pray for them. And this oil does not have any mystical powers. There's nothing special about it other than the fact that it smells nice. And the act of praying in faith is what invites the power of God to descend on a given situation. It is God who heals, not us as people. And it's interesting to get the link between sickness and sin in here. And I don't think that all sickness is a result of something that we have done and sinned. I don't believe that. However, I do see, and we see it in Psalm 32, Psalm 32, we do see that link between unconfessed sin and the effect that that can have on us. So I think sin, our sin and our sinfulness can have an effect on us, but I don't think that we necessarily need to draw that conclusion all the time. I'm coming to a finish, and uh, Steve's going to come up and play in just a wee second. Um, and what we're going to do, I intentionally kept this message as short as I could so that we could spend some time just praying for people who need some kind of healing, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, that we come. The question was, can we ask God to heal us? I think that what the Old Testament demonstrates, which is fulfilled in the New Testament, is that we can. Jesus healed people. The disciples healed people. The early church saw people healed. The church today sees people healed, but only if we ask. And the question is, the question is this, and this is a crucial question, we need to come back to this. I hadn't planned to do this. The crucial question is, are you happy carrying around your stuff? Because if you're happy carrying around your stuff, I don't know that God can heal you. If you're happy, if you've grown accustomed to it, and you've made yourself aware of the fact that it's there, but you're happy carrying around your stuff, what can God do? I think that God responds to our faith. He responds to our asking. Josh, when he's in Liddles, says, can we get that particular type of biscuit? I can't remember what they're called now. Oreos. And it's the Liddle equivalent, and they're just as good and half the price. And when he asks me, can I get this, can I get this, can I get this? Sometimes I say, Josh, no, you don't need it. And other times I look at him and I think, oh, wee soul. Aye. <laughs> get some biscuits, son. It's fine. You know, just one last story before I finish. When I was a wee tiny boy this size, I fell and my glasses smashed in my face and I'm left with a scar on my, my eyebrow here. Right? I don't know if anybody's ever noticed that. You'll all be looking at me after the service. Going, <laughs> and you know, here's the funny thing. This scar and other scars that are on my body sometimes 
there's a pain in the scars. The healing has taken place, but sometimes there's pain in the scars. And I don't know what causes it, but it comes and it goes, and there's pain in the scars. You know, I remember Rob Parsons talking about the importance of teaching our kids to deal with disappointment. And this is what he said. I was sitting in Glasgow listening to him. I think it was the SECC. He says, at some point in our lives, we'll be disappointed with other people. At some point in our lives, we'll be disappointed with God. And at some point in our lives, we'll be disappointed with ourselves. And it's mostly to do with us and what's going on inside. And I believe that God wants to come and heal us of the disappointments. He wants to heal us of the scars as well. See, I believe that healing can take place even in areas where we've been wounded and it's healed over. And so therefore, my appeal is to all of us. I've made that appeal before about God wanting to come and heal our scars. I really felt that it was what God wanted me to say. And I don't know that anybody responded to that. And I think that's what God wants to say to us today, is that he expects his people to come and to ask for what they need. God is looking for his people to call out to him in faith. And so I'll say it again, and I will keep saying this until I feel that God tells me to stop saying it. Let faith arise. Approach him in faith. Steve, maybe you could come up. And what we're going to do is just spend a few minutes at the end of the service and allow time for people to come out to the front and be prayed for. And there's seats at the front if you want to sit down on one of those seats. Uh, you're welcome to do that. And uh, Mary and Dion are going to come and help. If you want to be prayed for, then come and we'll pray for you, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual. And even if the, there's somebody in your life that you want us to pray for, you want to come and represent that person. Come and do that. My goodness. It says that even when Peter's shadow passed over people, that people were healed. Okay? God's not restricted. God can do whatever he likes. We need to remember that it's him that does it, but he's responding to our faith. He's responding to our asking. And so I'm going to ask that we just worship God for a wee while. Um, It's not about spectating. It's a private thing for people, but I believe God wants us to respond today. We make a physical response by coming down to the front. You know, we can say, how much faith do we need? I think if you've got faith enough to get out of your seat and come and ask, then you've got enough faith. And we're not going to pray complicated prayers, just pray simple prayers, very simple prayers, and ask God to come and meet us. So let's just worship for a moment and... uh, you know, you're welcome to respond and we'll pray for you um, and then we'll close off our, our service.